God is all there is. How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Hello, hello, and welcome to Say Yes to Spirit. My name is Tracy Brown, and Leslie and I host this show every week to remind you that it is up to you to say yes to spirit. Now, I hesitate there because what I know is also true is that we host this show every week to remind ourselves that it is up to each one of us to say yes to spirit, and we kind of share our commitment to do that with you. So hopefully it's a win-win. Leslie and I get to remember to say yes to spirit and anchor ourselves in that commitment at least once a week. And at the same time, each one of you gets the opportunity to re-anchor yourself in your own commitment to say yes to spirit. And every week we have a theme on the show, and we are in the month of uh, a relationship of relationships. Yes, and uh, we have talked about uh, relationships with our family members. We have talked about relationships with the people we work with, and today we'll be talking about our relationships with strangers or with people we don't know, which is kind of interesting that you think they're a stranger. I can't have a relationship with them. But we'll talk more about that as we go through the hour. And what does that have to do with saying yes to spirit? But first, we have to have the Connect the Dots theme song. Are you ready? Go ahead. The theme music. The theme. You remember what you did last week? The ding, ding. It was so cute. <laughs> not going to do it again. These eyes, Tracy's eyes are telling me she is like, not what doing are you this. talking about? That was, no, the you look was. Ding, ding, ding. What ding, are ding. you talking about? And then when you said the ding, ding, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> now, see, okay, if you've been listening for a while, you already oh, know this. Gosh. But what I have just been reminded of is if you do something one time Ooh. with Leslie, Yes. It's the new habit. Yes, it's, it's like teen. It's it becomes right, but I only did it once. It's not. I'm definitely not doing it twice in a row. <laughs> if I did it once, then you um, thought, oh, she'll do that every week. Yes, um, I was actually looking forward to it. See? Yes. Oh no! But oh. you know what? You just did was you just reinforced. We have talked so many times about having some theme music for connect to the dots, and so. Um, <laughs> <coughs> that is Tracy's homework. There you go. So you said, if you're not going to do ding, 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 I ding, am ding, not going to do that. <laughs> no. She won't even do one ding. No. Okay. Okay, but you so can, while I'm writing dots. down the homework yes. assignment, would you please connect the dots from last week's uh, discussion about work relationships and <laughs> and this week's topic of relationships with strangers? Yes, I would say that that's an easy connect to because the work people start out as strangers, don't they? It's very rare that we start working with people that we know. And, you know, I think it's always so interesting to me when I go into a new workspace and I'm surrounded by strangers, I've often had the thought that, you know, this is really an opportunity that I could be anyone to them. They don't know me. They don't know that I'm quirky and after something happens one time I expect it to be a routine. They don't know that I, you know, I'm usually five to ten minutes late everywhere I go. They don't know me. Any of that. Yes. So I always think, I have the conscious thought I can create whoever I want to be with this group of people that I now will have this relationship with. And sadly I've always just recreated the exact same person, but I've always thought at the beginning, oh, here's an opportunity. Not that I've ever taken it, actually. But anyway, so there's my connected dots. The strangers, the workplace, is a group of strangers in the beginning, and then they become they become more than that. And I wonder if we'll discover 
if relationships with strangers. But these would be strangers that start off as strangers and continue being strangers. Am I jumping ahead? Yeah. Okay. That's it then for the Okay, that's ding, it for connecting ding, us. Ding, ding, and ding. we'll be right back after this break. This is Say Yes to Spirit, and uh, today our theme is relationships that we have with strangers. And what does that have to do with saying yes to spirit? You know, the cashier in the grocery store, although if you live in Texas like we do, if you go to the same grocery store all the time (laughs) and you typically go to the same line, it's kind of hard to call that cashier a stranger because everybody's so friendly. Yes. And they get to know your name yes. and what you like and what I you buy that. and oh you didn't you didn't eat any orange juice this week? Yes. But in theory and hypothetically and in general You live in an unfriendly state. Well <laughs> or if you're like me and you even if you go to the same stores a lot, you don't go at the same time or on the same day of the um, week, so you know, but if you had a routine and you went to the you know store every Monday at three o'clock, it'd be likely that you could choose the same cashier all the time. But that's neither here nor there. The cashier in the grocery store, the man on the bus, mm-hmm. or uh, the mother traveling with two children, and you're at the airport, and mm-hmm. you know there's a mother with two kids sitting across the aisle from you or next to you. You go out to eat, and there's a couple sitting at the table behind you or next to you. I mean, we encounter so many people all the time right. who we don't know right. and who we don't expect to get to know. Right. And that's what we're going to talk about today. In that sense, they're strangers. Now, some of my friends would say no one is a stranger. We are all children of God, and we are all connected in the universe, and that is true. But we don't have relationships. We think we think right, as right. if we don't have a relationship with everyone. So that's what we're going to talk about today. What is our relationship to them, and how does saying yes to spirit impact our relationship with them? And um, you know, it's interesting. I just had an opportunity to go to San Diego for a training with the people that I work with at the jail, and um, there was four of us. And every time we got on an elevator, or every time we sat down at a table, or every time we were walking even down the hallway, I always just spontaneously was struck up a conversation with strangers. That's just always been who I am. And these Two of these women have never been around me, really. One is a good friend of mine, so she knows that about me. And two literally were stunned. And they just kept saying, why do you keep talking to everyone? And I kept saying, how can you not? I'm like, you know, cute shoes. Oh, I like that shirt. Oh, I like those glasses. Oh, isn't this fun to ride this elevator together? I mean, I would constantly be connecting to strangers because I love that. I love the 
energy of striking up a conversation with someone who's unexpected, you know, that they don't, you usually are very quiet and all that, you know, kind of thing. And at first they kind of have that little look like, who is she, what does she want? But then always in my life I have found people get engaged quickly and they enjoy it. And it's like 30 seconds of happy. And it really interestingly played out in these two women over the course of four days that they started getting excited about it. And I watched them change from, ooh, that's kind of weird, intrusive, and a little scary and frightening, to, oh, it's kind of fun to watch Leslie, you know? I was getting ready to say, not fun for them to do it, no. but fun for them to watch <laughs> right. you. Once they realize right. that you aren't going to get punched in the face <laughs> or, right. or worse, right. then it was like, okay, what will she say now? It's it, yeah. a Leslie show, very entertaining. <laughs> yes, yes. And it was, we actually had a kind of a conversation, my friend that I've known for a long time, she said, Leslie, if I did that, people would think I was flirting with them. She said, men, because I do it a lot with men, and I don't know if it's because of my homosexuality that makes it an easier energy for me to do it with men um, or not, but I certainly do it with attractive women and don't scare them. Um, but, it, you know, she did say that there is something intrinsic about something about my energy that allows me to say some things that other people might. And I think it's because I truly love doing it. And, you know, it's not their personality. And I think there are other people who it is their personality. They love connecting with strangers. Nobody's a stranger, that kind of person. And I think when you have that energy, then it's, you know, I think it's received that way. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but even if you have, I'm sure some of our listeners have not, And the um, using the three-foot rule. Oh, yes, the personal space. And, well, the three-foot rule is about if anyone is within three feet of you, you talk to them. Oh, no, I don't know this. Yeah, so okay. the, the personal space um, research is, you know, that in different countries and in different cultures, the amount of personal space that people want around them to feel comfortable, it does vary. There's a whole lot of oh, cultural right. research. In mm-hmm. the U.S., it's approximately 18 inches, or if you think about, um, it's between 18 inches and the length of your arm plus, if it's a complete stranger, like an, the length of your arm and, a, and another half. If it's a complete stranger, and 18 inches if it's somebody you know well. But the three-foot rule is often talked about in communications training. It's very often talked about in sales and marketing. Mm. And uh, it's, it's if anyone is within three feet of you, they are your market. They are a potential customer or client. They, they oh, are someone for you to practice not so much selling in terms of closing the sale, but selling in terms of telling someone what you have to offer, telling someone um, how you can help them, or learning about them so that you may then find out how you can help them or who you can refer them to. So it's also talked about in networking seminars as well because it's kind of the same thing. So it's what you do naturally, but the idea of it is if you are sitting somewhere, if you go into um, for dinner and you're on a trip, mm-hmm. or you're, it's just after work, you go into a bar to happy hour, and someone it comes within three feet of you that you initiate a conversation with them. And and you know, and it's the kind of thing that you do naturally. You mm-hmm. comment on what they're wearing, you ask them a question that requires more than a yes or no answer, mm. you know, what's the best thing that happened to you today? Yes. Love it. You know, they might look at you really strange, like, Who are you? but they can't just grunt. Mm-hmm. And they can they can ignore you. <laughs> Yes. Or they can say, leave me alone. Yes, yes. But they're not going to, you know, just say yes or no, feel they've responded and turn away. You've lost your opportunity to connect. Um, so, yeah, what, you're, what you described just reminded me of the three-foot rule. And I have a friend who 
is the master of, of the three-foot rule. And you, are, I've been around you enough to know that actually you are a master of it too, even though you didn't know it's called by that name. Mm-hmm. And um, and in that way, we do establish that we are in relationship with that stranger. Mm-hmm. That we are in the world together, so we are in relationship one with each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the magic of it. And I think that's what you know, because there is an initial kind of startled on some people, depending on their comfort level with talking to strangers. You know, some people just engage right away, and they're fine with me. Others, there's a level of startledness, and I think then if there's any kind of time, if it's a two-minute experience walking down a hall or something, and there's an amount of time to really connect, there's a softening to that person, and they, I can see, kind of find it invigorating to their moment that somebody, you know, chose to to participate in that walking down the hall that they would have normally done in their own little world. Okay, so I really know that you want to believe that. You don't think they do? Well, I think some people do. But some I'm, people don't. But <laughs> I'm thinking of the many, many times in my life when someone did that to me. And as an introvert, it is not natural behavior for me, even though I do it now some, depending on where I am and, and, you know, my role in that. You learned, correct. And, um, but I can remember hundreds of times when, (laughs) yes, someone spoke to me in the elevator or at a restaurant or in the grocery store, and I responded. Yes, because that was the the courteous (laughs) and polite thing to do, and I walked away going, You know, and so... It didn't really make an impact that I thought, yeah, there you go. That, you know, I okay, I don't know why people feel they have to talk to me and they don't know me. Or, wow, she was really very strange. Yeah, drugs. In what she asked or in how she, you know, or hmm, I know that he was just trying to connect with me, but I really wish he had kept his ideas <laughs> to himself. You know, so... Well, yeah. I guess it's possible one or two out of the thousand. No, you're probably right. You're not. And I've actually had people ignore me. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've absolutely had just, you know, no response. But once I get any kind of response, it's... Well, and that's probably what, hap- what, what would happen that would make me go, I am watching out for her and never getting near her for the rest of this conference. <laughs> Because it's one thing to get the response, but then when you get the response, my guess is then, oh, that's a green light. Okay, let's have a conversation. And then you'd be asking questions or making comments that I would be going, uh, that is really none of your business. You know, that, that actually there was one woman that, um, I guess it was the second morning, she was eating by herself. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. I went over and kind of put my plate down by her and no. struck up a conversation. And then I did notice the rest of the com- the rest of the convention. She did try to try to avoid me. <laughs> yeah, well that's okay though. That's you know one out of a hundred. I didn't notice that the rest. Of, it's like oh that poor woman thinks I'm gonna you know stalk her. So what's that? All of that have to do with saying yes to spirit. You know I sure think that that's the opportunity, the connection. The human, as you as you said, some of your friends would say, the reminder that we are interconnected, that the stranger on the elevator is really the ripple effect of me, the oneness. And the more that I connect, you know, so so sad. We're in real time uh, had the tragedy in Denver with the uh, young man that shot. Yeah, recently. Recently, um, shot the. Uh, moviegoers in the Batman premiere recently that happened and I heard one of the family members of one of the victims and what she said that she was going to miss was her Facebook post and her texts and I thought that was so interesting that we have gotten to that point that we don't you know she's going to miss everything obviously but that it that the electronic connection has become so important 
that we actually identify, oh, it's the text, and I'm going to miss you know, her little text every few hours telling me what she's doing, or the Facebook. And so I think interacting with strangers face-to-face is the last kind of hope we have in some ways in terms of keeping that physical connection and not living in the silo of electronic connections and that that is saying yes to spirit. There's got to be kind of a baseline, hand-to-hand, heart-to-heart, eye-to-eye kind of connection that is not quite as, I guess, pure. Can I use that word? In a text or a Facebook? But you're a Facebooker and a texter, so you may have that pure that may be as pure of a connection. That's a good question. Is that as pure of a connection, your exchange that you do, because you're real into that, the Facebook as it is if you sat down and had coffee with them? Oh, it's so much better. The Facebook is better? Than sitting down and having coffee with oh a lot of people. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I don't think Spirit would say that. <laughs> um, I think you would be wrong. Oh, my goodness. Well, I agree with you. Spirit would not say it was better. Spirit would say that whatever connection in whatever form is a perfect connection. Uh, and that, that one, no one form of connection is better than another because each form serves its purpose. That's what spirit no, that would say. That is what spirit would say, yes. So tell me the, the connection with Facebook that... Okay, so I think I think you're right if it's that there are people who I'm connected with on Facebook that the perfection of it is I really like my very best friend, right, who lives in another city. The fact that I can on Facebook get get regular updates and snippets, it doesn't replace the phone call twice a week. Mm. But it serves to replace what we don't have, which is daily physical contact. Oh, that's interesting. And yeah. so it makes it keeps the relationship. The relationship would be strong anyway, but it it feeds it. I see that. That makes sense. Um, and there are a lot of people who I can maintain limited connection with on Facebook and not. Have and it would be better because if I sat down and had coffee or dinner with them, I'd have to hear about a lot of stuff that I really am not interested <laughs> in. All right. Okay. So I, I. So for me, it's, it's a both and. I love it. Yeah, it's right. another one of those both ands that it's not better than it's just it is effective. Um, and there are a lot of people. If I had to have face to face with them, I wouldn't have them in my life at all because of time. <laughs> Look how quick she was real quick to say that. Because of time. Because of, well, because of time and the prioritization of you only have X number of hours in a day or a week. And so I want to, you know, I'm, now I want to. I'm doing all these different things. And so, you know, I can say easily, you know, I can think of 30 people who I really enjoy but I don't have an hour to spend with 30 individual people during the week. So, you know, I Facebook, I use Twitter more for just business and inspirational stuff versus really connecting with the day-to-day mm-hmm. of what some people are doing. I get that, that day-to-day, or that, you know, kind of minutia that you wouldn't normally even know about maybe. But it really does help me know more about what people are thinking about, what's important to them. And I can learn more in a week of following someone's Facebook post often than I would learn in an hour of conversation with them. Because if you only have 15 minutes or 30 minutes, you know, you talk about two or three things, but in the course of a week or two weeks on Facebook, you see what their reaction is to what what's in the news and what um, quotation that they saw from somebody else that they're passing on, and you get a sense of what's important to them. And so for me, it's not an either or. I mean, I love them both. Right. And um, you know, in two hours on Facebook, I 
get snippets of a lot more people than I could do in two one-hour visits with two people. Right, I got you. Now, Facebook would be genuinely, generally people that we know. Should be, because you really, I mean, it started out that way, that you would only friend people who you already knew. But so many people I know, just if anybody, oh, you're a friend of a friend, and I saw you were a friend of my of my friend Leslie, so I'm friending you, and they'll say yes, you know, and I didn't. Oh, so you can connect to strangers that way. Mm-hmm, you can. And uh, if you do a Facebook page, now, like for my, for Tracy Brown Practitioner, Tracy mm-hmm. Brown RSCP, I have a Facebook page that's not my personal profile, but it's a page for me as a practitioner, as mm-hmm. a coach, mm-hmm. um, as a radio show host. It's, you know, that. And people can like the page, and they don't have access to my personal profile. And so those would be strangers. two-thirds of the people who have liked my page, I don't know. They are not, oh, they are not Facebook friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and now in my Facebook friends, I probably have about, oh, not even, I probably have about 5%, not 10%, but about about 5% who are people I don't personally know, but either someone I know said, I know both of you, Mm. and you all should be sharing each other's posts, so friend each other, or they, they did, Friend me, send me a friend request because I was a friend of someone they knew, and I went to their profile and saw what they were about and friended them. But that that can't be. That's probably not even five percent of my friends on Facebook. And at the end of the day, if we look at all of our friends, they were strangers at one point. And how does a stranger become go beyond being a stranger? That was my question at the beginning of the hour. Are we just talking about strangers that stay strangers, or are we talking, or, do, or strangers that then become friends? That's a good question. Let's take a quick break and then come back and start right there. joined us today. Our theme is relationships with strangers and what does saying yes to spirit have to do with that? So Leslie, right before the break you uh, filled in that question or you put that question out. Are we talking about strangers who stay strangers or are we talking about strangers who become friends? And I think that um, I think that in general we're talking about strangers who will stay strangers, people who we come into contact with in the course of living our lives. And and then when we think about the way we act with them, mm-hmm. how does it reflect or not reflect our saying yes to spirit? And see, I love that. Have you seen that commercial? I think it's for State Farm or some no. insurance company. No, don't watch TV. Look how cute. No, I'm like, how do you know? I haven't even described it. Oh, don't watch TV. There's a fabulous commercial that, and I have no idea who it's for, but it starts off by a man on an elevator 
uh, the elevator doors are closing, and he puts out his arm to help a woman that has a bag full of groceries. And there's another man on the elevator that watches him do this. And the next scene, you see this other man help this woman who some things fall out of her bag, and he chases her down and gives her her bag. And some third person sees him do that. And so it keeps going through a series of about five things of how people that witness an act of good deed then are more likely to go and do a good deed of their own. Nice. Yeah. And I'm so much a believer of that. And I often think, I know, for me, standing in line at the 7-Eleven, when a stranger speaks to me, sometimes I can I can absolutely name over the course of my life, where I know it was God. That this, whatever it was, whatever was going on in my little mind, they brought me out of, either just by saying hi, or... There was an encrypted message that when I got in my car, I thought, there's the answer. Yes. And I really believe that there's constant intervention from spirit to me through the human exchange. And so I'm really looking for that. And so I get a lot of that because I'm looking for it. And so if I consciously say, I'm going to walk into this busy mall, and gosh knows what I'm going to get. I'm going to be open to receiving what's God's message for me. And that checker at Dillard's will say something that will answer some question that I've had deeply bothering me. And I cannot say how many times that's happened, and it's because I really believe of this kind of web of one mind. And so the answer is constantly being pushed into me on a radio show, on a radio station, on a song, that I'll turn on the radio and hear a certain lyric or, you know, through the strangers. It really, I, I think when I'm conscious of that, it's very much an, it's like a concert. All the strangers around me are, I believe, by design. I love that, too, because we did start out thinking, thinking and talking about how do I treat strangers and what do I need to bring them or what do I have to offer. And this shift is also really important mm -hmm. that my relationship with strangers is also includes what is is that they do and say that reminds me of my connection with spirit, that offers me the answer to a prayer. Right. Because um, one of my prayer partners often tells her children, reminds her children and reminds herself that when people offer you something or when people um, give you or gift you something, you always accept it and you always, you know, make the connection or think is there a connection because the only way God can help you, mm. the only way God can answer your prayer mm. is through the physical form, and that is going to come from people. Mm. Sometimes it's people you know. In fact, what she tells her children, what she used to tell her children a lot was, sometimes it's your mom and your dad. <laughs> you know, people you right. know, people you know love you. But often it's from people you don't know or who you don't think of as really knowing you. And that's okay because God is working in as and through them. Mm -hmm. They often don't even know that what they're saying right. to you or what they're giving you is an answer to your prayer. They don't know that. They don't have to know that. Mm -hmm. And so in that way, strangers, like I love your example of... Um, you know, someone in the store or someone just, you know, you quote-unquote run into. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting here thinking about the stranger I had contact with um, a couple of nights ago. Oh, okay. Very good. In, as If you're a regular, regular listener to the show, you know that Tracy roller skates on a regular basis. Oh, <laughs> we love that. And so a couple of days ago, I went roller skating. And, and our, the skating sessions that I normally go to are from 9.30 p.m. to 1 a.m. So it's not unusual for me to be leaving the skating ring, you know, after midnight, between mm. midnight and 1 a.m. Or occasionally later. But a couple of days ago, I actually had gone early, and I left 
before 11.30. And part of it was my intention to do that um, so that I could get up early the next morning. And part of it was I knew that I was really low on gas. And when I was on my way to the skating rink, I thought I should stop and get gas now. It's 9 o'clock. You know, there's still <laughs> a lot of traffic. People, and do you really want to be buying gas at midnight? No. Right. Even though there are two stations. But I wanted to get to the skating rink, so I didn't <laughs> stop. And so when I got in my car, I had to stop and buy gas. And there are two stations really close. And they both were pretty well lit. And it wasn't midnight yet. And there was a lot of traffic. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I can do this. I'm a big girl. It's going to be okay. And in, and I don't know how many of you have, you know, observed this, but at this particular station, there was a man who may or may not be homeless, but appeared that he might be homeless. Um, and here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, often people will, men especially like that, will hang around at gas stations and they'll pump your gas for you because it makes them feel like they're doing something. Right, for their... And then, you know, and you'll give them a dollar right. or you'll give them, you know, and, and I don't really have any problem with that, but it is a little scary at midnight and you don't know people. And so I saw him walking up to my car and I... <laughs> You can thought, see his face. I thought about just like going down the street to the, pulling out, and I thought Tracy, this is great for this topic uh -huh, today uh -huh. because I thought Tracy, he's a child of God just like you Good. are, and there is nothing for you to be afraid of, and you know you are guided, guarded, and protected, and he's going to want to pump your gas. That's all he wants, and you can give him a dollar or two or whatever you have. You know, and actually had that conversation with myself. <laughs> and then we couldn't get the pump to work, and we couldn't get, so I moved to another pump, and I thought, good, he'll walk away, but he didn't. He walked over to the other pump. And so that, now are you talking to him at this point? So I, I spoke to him. You, oh, you yes, to him. when okay. I got out of the car, okay. I spoke to him. I actually said to him, you know, no, you really don't need to do that. I appreciate you wanting to do that. You really don't need to do that. Um, and but as he began to talk, he was not real easy to understand, and he got a little aggressive mm. about insisting on pumping my gas, and like he couldn't get the the trunk the gas thing open, and I knew it wasn't locked. So then I started thinking, okay, back away, don't get too close. Mm. And but I still I did keep talking to him. Mm. And um so a long story short, it gave me an opportunity. It really did. I I didn't even remember we were going to be talking about this topic. Um but it's like, okay, he's a complete stranger and I felt myself even in those moments where I was a little cautious and felt a little fear, I also felt myself saying, I'm, I am going to be courteous. I am mm. going to be respectful of him. I don't want to shut him down. And it wasn't I don't want to make him angry because I'm afraid he'll hit me or grab me. It was I want to be respectful and I also want to keep myself safe. Right. Sure. Absolutely. And all so basically all went well, even though like he, he I I ended up having to pump some of the gas, <laughs> because, which is what I wanted because he couldn't figure you know he obviously doesn't have a car and um, you know and there was something about my car that was different than other cars he's done so um, he wasn't getting the 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 nozzle all the way in so the the, the pump kept shutting off, right? But I didn't realize that till I pumped it myself and then I got it going. But at the very end, so I keep quarters in my in my ashtray. My ashtray is is always at least half full of quarters. And um and I didn't have any $1 bills. And I knew as I was pumping the gas, I was thinking, "Oh, I don't have any $1 bills." without opening the trunk of my car and going in my skate bag and all that. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. 
So, but I remembered I had quarters. So I reached into the car and I got a handful of quarters, and it was probably about two fifty or three dollars. Wow. It was a handful of quarters, wow. and I gave those to him. And I'm thinking, I've done a really good thing. I've not disrespected him. <laughs> I've talked to him. Uh, he had oh, said, good. Can you, he said, can you, right, can you just, you know, anything you have, some change or anything. Uh-huh. So I'm giving him like two fifty three dollars in quarters, and I get ready to close my door or put my you're window up. Down? You're in your so now, yeah, I had to get back in the car and get okay. the quarters, and I hand them to him. And I'm getting ready to close the door or raise the window, and he turns back toward me and he says, he, he didn't say these words, but basically whatever he said it was like, like, is this all you got? Oh, how funny. I mean, he said like, well, like, and I, okay, so if you're listening to the show and you don't know me, I drive a Mercedes. And so, you know, I think what happened was he looked at my the impression. car. He looked at my car, which is 14 years old. It's not like a new Mercedes. <laughs> but it's well kept. And it was clean. It's a beautiful car. So, you know, I'm sure I'm thinking what happened was he looked at the car and he's like, I, you could, can you give me a $5 bill or a $10 bill or something? Interesting, uh huh. And it was like, are you sure you can't give me anything else? And then I got pissed off. <laughs> I was like, there goes the good Christian. <laughs> I mean, I've been through this 10-minute experience with this stranger. Very tolerant. And the whole time, well, and it wasn't about just tolerating him. The whole time I really was, this is a child of God. You know, if not for the grace of God, I could be in whatever his situation is. I have been so close to that. Um, Real compassion and real respect balancing out those moments where I was cautious and fearful. And I'm doing what I think is a good thing, and he's like, you know, well, that's not good enough. Uh, and it, for 30 seconds, I, I was like, no, he didn't. <laughs> I can't believe he said that. No, you didn't. And then I pulled out the parking lot, and I realized I was like, <sighs> and I was all <laughs> And luckily, as I pulled out of the parking lot, there was a there was a traffic light because it's mm. on the corner, and the light was red. Mm. And I realized, that, you know, I was like, <sighs> and I was like, okay, Tracy, get a grip. That's so funny. You were yeah. acting from love. You did the right thing. You he had whatever story he had. You have given him the blessing that you had to give him. And he gave you the blessing of looking in the mirror Mm -hmm. and being grateful for what I do have Mm -hmm. and that I could do anything at all and the reminder that I don't have to be afraid of people because they're different from me or having a different experience. So in the, you know, one minute that the light was red, I got my perspective back. Awesome. The perfect for our Mm -hmm. topic this week... um, Thank you, Spirit, because I really <laughs> hadn't, I didn't remember what today's topic was until today. That's, that's, that is perfect. And that, I really believe the stranger exchange is both ways. You know, you yes. to fight, you know, yes. some of his expectation or judgment of somebody in a big fancy car, surely he's going to give me a $10 bill. Well, no, maybe not. And uh, interestingly enough, Probably the key is give more money to homeless people than the big fancy cars anyway if I had to make a judgment. But it's really fascinating the fear factor I think you have with, with strangers. With strangers. Yeah. I don't know I don't know who they are, mm-hmm. I don't know what they might do or say. Um I don't know what their experience has been. And it's but you know, that's really kinda of silly because even the people we know, we don't know what they're gonna do or say. True that, true that. And it is, it's a very, certainly in the world as we know it, you know, there is stranger danger. Certainly we've seen enough examples of that. But I also think there's a certain amount of balance to that, or we do live in silence. (laughs) Oh, what I just thought about is, yeah, there's stranger danger. And to that person, if they're a stranger to me, guess what? I am (laughs) a stranger to them. Right. (laughs) 
And they're on the other oh, side of this. Good. They're on the other side of this encounter going, she's a stranger. I don't know. Uh, maybe I better be careful. Yeah. I'm seeing that poor woman that kind of hid from me the rest of the convention. <laughs> and it is an interesting thing in terms of, um, you know, making sure that we're aware of our surroundings, but also not making that, letting that fear take its take its life, take its life, take a life of its own. Not let the right. fear take a life of its own. Yeah, I, it was it was actually really interesting for me to notice the fear and then choose. Right. Where often fear drives us, and we don't even realize it's the fear. Mm-hmm driving what we do or say. Mm -hmm. So it's really powerful to notice that I'm feeling fear in some form and then make a conscious choice about what I will do or how I will respond to that fear and how I can still engage with that person being very clear that I should be cautious or that I'm not 100% in. Mm-hmm. And um, and not, be okay with that, but not stay 100 percent out. Exactly. Yeah, I think that yeah, that is a big thing for me. And I have a about a minute and a half story of um, of a stranger story that that I'm always kind of pulled back to when I think about strangers. It was about 15 years ago when my uh, partner at the time played softball, and we were practicing. She was practicing and before a tournament in Austin. And a ball hit her in the face and busted her nose. She started bleeding profusely. And the women on the team um, got her to the sideline, and I was kind of cradling her, and there was just blood streaming. And this woman came up behind me and put her her arms or her arms around my shoulders, so her hands were touching Lisa's temples and massaging her temples. And this was. I looked up at her. She was an American Indian woman, and she was a stranger. I had never seen her before. She certainly wasn't a part of the team. And she smiled down at me as she was massaging Lisa's temples, and she said, "You, you uh, are you her mother?" And I thought, "How rude! <laughs> How could I be her mother? I'm slightly overweight, and she's better fit, and maybe looks younger than I am, but I'm not her mother." And I said, "No," kind of politely. And she said, uh, "Are you her sister?" And I was like. No, and I, you know, and I was really concerned about Lisa, and I was all kind of caught up in the moment, and I was really sort of irritated by this woman. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know who you are. Get away from my girlfriend. You know, I'm not her mother, and I'm just her. And she said, then she said, well, you must care deeply for her. I can see that. I was like, oh gosh, you are a nut. I said, yeah, thank you. And then I kind of, I tried to push her hand almost away, like you know. And she said, I'm going to get you some ice. And so she had this container of ice and I felt like saying we are a lesbian softball team we have more ice and beer than the entire city of Austin in our trunks you know we don't need any ice lady thank you very much so I said no we got ice kind of thing and she said no I'd really like for you to use this ice and she was so persistent that really in the moment I thought I just need to get rid of her so I'm going to take the ice right and she'll go away and she'll go away and then you know that'll be the end of it and so I took the ice, and as um, I as she handed me the ice, there was some sort of something that occurred in me that I thought, look at her again, look at this woman again. And when I turned to look, as soon as she had handed me the ice, there was no one there. She wasn't walking away, she wasn't in the distance, there was no one there. And in that moment... I knew she was an angel. I just knew this. And then I put together Lisa's mother's dead. She had a twin sister that died when she was young. Mm-hmm. And so her words, are you her mother, are you her sister, were a message that they were coming through for Lisa in that moment. So I took the ice. I'm like, use this ice. Use this ice. Get rid of that <laughs> ice. Use this ice. Get this ice on your nose. <laughs> and then so, you became the crazy person. I'm like, get the ice. Get, get rid of that ice. And so... Uh, Throughout the the game, then they she went on to play as people do that are into sports. I would have stayed home and for five days and cried. But she took that ice and and put it on her nose and put, you know in a towel and used that ice. And at the end of the game, and then we put the container of the Cool Whip ice on top of the 
uh, cooler in the trunk of my car. And so at the end of the game, I said, Lisa, how's your nose? She goes, Leslie, it's the weirdest thing. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't seem to be broken. She said, when you were massaging my temples, I felt this heat, this warmth coming through. I said, so that wasn't me, baby girl. And I told her the story. And she said, well, I've got to find that woman and give her some flowers. And I said, oh, she's not real. And so, of course, Lisa didn't believe that. And then we went into the trunk. It was a hot Texas day. And the Cool Whip ice in that Cool Whip container on top of the cooler was still whole, was still ice. Opened up the container, the ice chest, the ice was all chips, you know, water and chips. And so then that's when Lisa was sort of convinced something weird about that ice. Okay, maybe so. And then we went and we looked. There's some apartment complexes right there by where they were practicing. We went back. She had flowers. We knocked on every door. It took two hours. Nobody had ever seen an, Amer- uh, uh, an American Indian woman. No one knew of an American Indian woman. And then when we went back and kind of retraced in the field, this hot desert field of where they were practicing, there was no blood. There was no blood where she had really, you know, when you break your nose or you hurt Anything your nose, you your face the head. blood. Mm-hmm. And so then she was convinced that it was something, you know, beyond us. And so I, I'm also very open to that idea that, you know, the human experience can be one of complete spiritual realm, and it will manifest as a stranger. So never, so never again have I looked at strangers. I think that was part of why I always look at strangers, and you never know who they are. Who they are or why they are engaging with you in this moment. Mm-hmm. Either you are there to give a gift to them, right. or they are there to give a gift to you. I really believe that. I really believe that. Wow. Okay, so <laughs> that was a moment. I love that story, and every time I hear it, I'm just reminded. Mm-hmm. It's a perfect story for today, the relationships we have with strangers, and, and so often we don't look back mm-hmm. to get a good look. We don't look up to see who they are or to engage with them. Right, we're just so busy, you know, now we're texting or we're tweeting or we're, you know, playing a game on our computer as we're walking. So, you know, how to even take the advantage of that, you know, 60-second walk from the parking lot into your work, looking around, seeing who is around me, not spending that time looking down at my feet, but really being aware of what's around me, who's around me. And like you said, I love that. What can I give to them? What can they give to me? I mean, I think the exchange is very live and very vibrant and very much of spirit. And as your friend said, I love that as well. How can spirit come to us unless it's through each other? And boy, is that an interesting idea to stay conscious of throughout the day. Absolutely. I am spirit to these people all around me. How do I want to come across? Right. What is mine to do here? Mm Mm-hmm not just to benefit myself, but then again, I do benefit when I am a beneficial presence in the world for right. other people. It's such a gift to give. So very cool, relationships with strangers. We do have relationships <laughs> with strangers. They are the potential place for us to show up as God and for God to show up in, as, and through us. I love it. Anything else? Any spiritual practices? There you go. For strangers. Spiritual practices for strangers. Well, I will say, you know, in my little little but long example from the other night, I actually, before I got out of my car, when I saw this guy, I actually did, you know, one of those one-line prayers. Oh, yeah. I know I'm guided, guarded, protected by spirit itself, and there is nothing here to fear. Yes, yes. That, you know, one-line affirmation, re-anchoring myself, because I think if I had stepped out of my car in fearful energy, I would be inviting, and I would only recognize the fear of it, and something would have to happen for me to be afraid of. Yes. Say that again slower, because I really believe that's that's the ticket to being safe. Is is staying present and open-minded to what's really occurring, and not going in it in fear. Not making up the story before anything even happens. Living in the future that hasn't happened in the universe. That oh, that's what you expect. Yeah, right. We can make that happen. 
Um, and, and I don't mean to discount or dismiss that I can be walking in the world in that energy and something traumatic or terrible or dangerous or scary can still happen, but it's much less likely um, to happen when I am confident and clear that I'm guided, guarded, protected, and directed by spirit itself. And if I'm in that consciousness, I believe if something horrific comes towards me, I'll respond better. Differently, I'll yeah. have a better chance of responding in, a, in, a, in an effective way to keep myself safe Right. if I'm in that state of understanding I am safe. Or to recover quickly or to help someone else. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is happening to everyone here. Mm-hmm. And it's not happening to me. It's happening, and I am here to pray for the person next to me. Or I am here to be the calm voice that helps everyone who is in a panic get a grip. Or I am here, and yes, I'm injured as well, and then to realize two days later, oh, yeah, I was injured and I didn't deserve that, quote-unquote. I didn't do anything to cause that, but because of me being in this hospital these two days, I've been the patient that the nurses, you know, that says to the nurses, thank you so much for what you're doing, and they needed to hear that. There's always a ripple effect of what happens, right, in terms of taking the good from it, taking the good from it. And being a part of the good that comes from it. I mean, I think we have that choice that we can make every day. Yeah, every moment of every day. It's really consciously about how we how we respond and how we how the consciousness I take into the moment and then the uh belief system that I have around that consciousness. Because I do think there's a lot of times where um you know, strangers many times if there is someone that is in their mindset, in their story, looking to harm someone they can, they they'll smell that fear, like an animal, and they'll be more likely, you know, to take advantage of me if I am in that fear state. So if I'm in that fear state, I wouldn't have stopped at that gas station. If I couldn't have gotten myself out of that, I would right. have just kept driving, going. because then who knows? So I don't ever want to push myself. If I'm feeling fear, I'm just going to walk away because I know that that's going to you know, create a certain something in that exchange. So if I'm not fully anchored, as you as you got yourself fully anchored in that safe spot, then you're like, cool, I can get out of the car, this, this exchange, and if something starts to go array, 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 um, you know, you'll respond appropriately. And I think it's really cute, and I just have to go back to the fact that you have a skate bag. <laughs> I'd have to go in my trunk and get into my skate bag. <laughs> What's in your skate? Do you have your own skates? I guess you yeah. do. Yeah. I thought you rented skates when you go skating. No. Back in the day, I haven't skated in. Uh, you have your own skates. Very yeah. nice. When you skate as much as I do, impressive. You don't want to rent skates. <laughs> I don't know if I could skate if I have rental skates on now. Yeah. Because, you know, my skates fit nine feet. Oh, I see. So... You know, my sometimes it's like you drive your car and you think, I don't remember how I got there. My car just knows the way. All right. My car and my brain together won't know the way. That's how it is with skating a lot. That oh. my brain and my skate doing the, doing the work. I love it. So um, that's all we have, the time we have for <laughs> skating stories today and all the time we have for this topic, relationships with strangers. Please go out this week and remember that you are a stranger to other people, and what mm. you do and what you say gives them the opportunity to see that you have said yes to spirit in all that you do. Love it. And that would be a perfect connector for next next time, which our topic next time is what is our relationship with God. Oh, nice. Nice. So thanks for joining us, and until we meet again, say, say yes to the spirit. spirit.
Alexa, play Imagine Dragons. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.